0: This episode of Truth Table is brought to you by InterVarsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at @IVPress and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm kemeny and I am actually the only one at the table. But as you know, this table is built by Black women and for Black women. So, of course, I'm inviting y'all sisters to come and sit at the table with me. Uh, it is about that time in the season, again, for a Truth's Table classroom. And as we uh, have said in the past, we always wanted to take time out in the season occasionally to highlight our own work individually, uh, that the three of us do. And so, uh, we thought it would be a good time in the season as we are wrapping up the season to actually, uh, put out another truth table classroom. This one is, uh, that we're putting out is a talk that I gave at LDR, uh conference in St. Louis, uh, last year, 2017. Uh, I gave a talk entitled, would Jesus retweet you? And in this talk, I am, I actually explain what social media is, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and I am actually challenging, uh, uh all of us really and myself to examine the ways, um, that we've either gossiped, slandered about uh, uh, other people online. Um, and I even put myself on blast, right? By conduct, by conducting, uh, uh, a mini Twitter autopsy. And so I believe that grace enables us uh, to tell the truth about our own failings, to tell the truth about our sin. And uh, that's what I do in this talk. I hope it is a blessing. I hope it's convicting, but ultimately I hope it's encouraging. And um, I hope that it helps to shape the way that you approach your own online presence. So pull up a chair, enjoy, uh, and be blessed. This is would Jesus retweet you? By me, Akemini. The title of the workshop is "Would Jesus Retweet You?" Now, Twitter is my jam. That's where, I'm, <clears throat> that's where I live at, typically. Um, and so there were when I'm not gonna lie, I struggled to do this talk, uh, and because I'm sickful. And so, <laughs> so it is, in some ways, I was thinking well, do, does she want me to talk about my social media methodology, why I use it, how I use it, what I choose to speak on, what I don't, but I was like, I don't think that's going to be really beneficial for you all, because, you know, everybody has a different reason why they do it, and I want to be able to have you all take away something that you can actually use, and the spirit can begin to, you know, shift some things in your own life, so uh so yeah so this is what i came up with actually when i was in conversation with christina actually uh so would jesus retweet you okay so we're gonna do my little mini twitter op- autopsy later uh but it's coming uh so let me open up in prayer and we'll get started okay Um, father god we just thank you for your loving kindness and your grace we thank you for this space we thank you for ldr and the opportunity to come and learn and to uh, be filled and refreshed to be convicted of sin and convinced of righteousness lord we thank you father for that powerful word uh, that christina delivered this morning god and i pray that you would show us the ways that we lie to ourselves, oh God. And I pray that in this seminar that you will move me out of the way um, and that that we would be able to see Jesus clearly and that we would be able to really examine our own uh, posture and our approach to social media. And Lord And help us to glorify you in all our ways, Lord. I praise all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so I have to start out talking about what social media is I mean, what is social media? Uh, according to LifeWire's article entitled, What is Social Media? Explaining the Big Trend, it defines social media in this way. Social media are web-based communication tools that enable people to interact with each other by sharing and consuming information. Now according to Merriam-Webster dictionary, the, the dictionary actually defines social media in this way. It says, Forms of electronic communication such as websites for social networking and microblogging through which users create online communities to share information, ideas, personal messages, and other content such as videos. Okay, so by a show of hands, how many of us? us in this room are actually in social media. So how many of us are on social media? Everybody. Okay, all right. Okay, so of those of us, which is everybody, in this room, um, how many of you are actually on more than one social media platform? All right. More than two? More than three? No, actually, I'm not more than three. Okay. More than five? Okay. Okay, so we're, we're 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 definitely over two. Over two. I'm on three, and I can't do no more than that. Uh, so, uh, so thank you for being honest. Now, according to the World Economic Forum, it is estimated that by 20, 2018, so next year, two point four four billion people will be using social ne- social networks, which is up from nine hundred and seventy thousand from twenty ten. Okay, that is. Huge and pretty scary. Uh, So, social media has become an integral part of our lives. So, it's impossible for us to imagine our lives without it. And so, in this very moment, some of y'all might be tweeting or Facebooking what I say. And if you do, use the hashtag LDR2017. I am not held liable if trolls come for you. And so, (laughs) I tend to attract them. And so, um, (laughs) okay, so. Um, so you want to use that hashtag, uh, but we know that social media can be all-consuming, but it can be used for good, so let's talk about the good things. okay? So it is through social media that we learned about the Arab Spring, it is through social media that we learned about the Ferguson uprising and it came to the national stage, right? Um, and Black Lives Matter used social media to, com- to uh, bring awareness about police brutality and it completely changed the narrative on race in this country. So on social media, um, complete strangers can find community, become friends, and now people are meeting their spouses on Twitter and Instagram and all of these other platforms. So social media uh, connects complete strangers, and if I'm honest with y'all, which I try to be, uh, I actually, most of my friends over the last four to five years I've actually met my good friends are through Twitter. Yeah, through Twitter and Facebook for the most part. But yeah, so that, a lot of my close friends I actually met through social media. Um, so the bad, what are the bad aspects of social media? Uh, social media um, can be bad in that human beings, image bearers, are reduced to an avatar. They are dehumanized and objectified. We compare ourselves incessantly. We compare ourselves one to another incessantly. We are are inundated with information 24-7. Additionally, due to the accessibility of social media, any and everyone is given a voice. For better or worse, those with hateful, sinful, and wicked views get their voices amplified. And social media produces echo chambers in that we only hear, like, post, tweet. Um, You know, uh, tweets from people that we like and who people we agree with, and people who look like us, right? Uh, And fake news is ubiquitous now, and so we are becoming desensitized as well to violence and death because it is now broadcasted on Facebook Live uh, for all to see. And so, as horrible as all of this is, I want to talk to us, though, and myself, so I'm preaching to myself about two sins, (laughs) two sins that are offenses to God, and commonplace in the social media streets. And those sins are gossip and slander. Gossip and slander. There are a lot of ways I could have went with this talk, but this is where the Holy Spirit was leading me, like, you need to get your life. But I'm like, okay, uh, why? Okay, so gossip, gossip, gossip. So what is gossip anyway? It is one of those sins that's a bit of an enigma, Um, So, but our ignorance does not absolve us. We are still guilty. Uh, So, let's get clear on what gossip is and what uh, it entails because it's hard to kill sin when we don't actually know uh, the sins that we are committing. Okay? So, uh, okay, so what is gossip? I'm quoting from a Matthew C. Mitchell's book, it's entitled Resisting Gossip, and I have a copy of it, I'll bring it out when I'm done. Uh, he defines gossip in this way, gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. And I'll repeat that. Gossip is bearing bad news about someone behind their back out of a bad heart. So gossip centers on communication. Which involves a back and flow, a back and forth flow of information from the one spreading the gossip to the one receiving it. And so, the listener slash recipient of the gossip is not held guiltless. Scripture makes clear that in Proverbs, actually 17:4, an evil doer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives ear to a mischievous tongue. And the New Living Translation puts it this way: Same Scripture, Proverbs 17:4, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close close attention to slander. So now, gossip does not always preclude the truth. Oftentimes we say, oh, if it's not a lie, then it can't be gossip, but it's not true. The news that we spread about someone can actually be true, but it ruins a person's reputation and causes the transmitter uh, and the recipient of the gossip to view that person in a way that's unfavorable, and it makes it harder for us to actually believe the best about that person. So we saw this actually in the Bible, in Numbers 12, with Miriam and Aaron, when they grumbled against Moses. And I will read, I will read this. Um, and we're in Numbers 12, verses 1 through 16. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came came out. And the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam, and they came forward. And he said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak. To, with him in a dream not so with my servant Moses he is faithful at all my house with him I speak mouth to mouth clearly and not in riddles and he beholds the form of the Lord why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed and so this, the rest of the story is that the Lord struck Miriam um, with leprosy And she was confined outside the camp for seven days. Everybody had to wait for her to get well before she could come back. So sin is for free. Sin um, impacts the whole community. It's never just between me and God. Our sins always impact other people. Um, So here's some takeaways to think about from this text. Miriam and Aaron were grumbling against Moses um, amongst themselves, and God heard it. Right? We saw that in verses 1 through 3. The news that they were stewing over is true. It is true that Moses married Cushite, an African woman. Her ethnicity matters. I'm not going to talk about the eth- ethnocentrism in this text, but just know that it's there. <laughs> and it is true. Yeah, he married an African woman, and that matters, right? That was in verse 1. And they were ruminating over this truth because although Miriam is a prophetess and Aaron, a high priest, Moses is favored by God and the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. They are speaking about Moses out of a bad heart. They were jealous of him, okay? You can see that in verse two. So God struck Miriam with leprosy. Aaron pleads for mercy on behalf of Miriam and for himself, because he knew he was about to be next, uh, because he feared what was about to happen. And then Moses, being the humble man that he is, he actually interceded for Miriam. Uh, so that's, was, that's a good takeaway for us, to know that, uh, that we are instructed by Jesus, actually, to love our enemies, and to pray for those who persecute us, even our brothers and sisters in the faith. That includes our blood brothers and sisters as well, um, which is a hard thing. It's hard for me. Petty. You don't want to do that. It's very difficult, Uh, but that's what we're called to do. And that's that's what I noticed. I didn't notice that before when I was like, oh, wow, Moses actually really interceded for them. Like, please don't do this, Lord. And so it's hard for us. It's hard for us to love our enemies, but it is also (laughs) impossible for us to hate those whom we pray for. Okay? And so this is only possible because of Christ's love for us while we were yet his enemies and because of his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Uh, The Holy Spirit now dwells within us as believers and enables us to actually fulfill the command to love our neighbors and to actually pray for them. So, okay, so now that we're clear on what gossip is, um, gossip is bearing bad news, whether it be true or false, behind someone's back and out of a bad heart. Let's talk about slander. What is slander? Uh, According to Proverbs 10 18, this is what the scripture says the one who conceals hatred has lying lips and whoever utters slander is a fool. In the Old Testament, the word for slander in the Hebrew is dibah, which means whispering, defaming, and evil report. And in the New Testament, the word for slander is tatilalio, which means to speak down in a hostile manner, in a deriding way, to mock, revile, uh, detracting from someone's reputation by malice of speech directed against one's neighbor. Slander is spreading false information about a person, ideology, movement, and institution with malicious intent to sully their reputation and call it into question, okay? And I'll I'll repeat that. Slander is spreading false information about a person, ideology, movement, and institution with malicious intent to sully their reputation and call it into question. The one who engages in slander and gossip is violating the ninth commandment. It's not the only commandment they're violating. I'm going to focus on that one right now. Which says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. So let's look at the Westminster larger catechism, and let's see what it has to say about the ninth commandment. And it has to say a lot about it. So question 144 says this or asks this, what are the duties required in the ninth commandment? The duties required in the ninth commandment are the preserving and promoting of truth between man and man, the good name of our neighbor, as well as our own, appearing and standing for the truth from the heart, sincerely, freely, clearly, and fully, speaking the truth, and only the truth, in matters of just judgment and justice, and in all other things whatsoever a charitable esteem of our neighbors, loving, desiring, rejoicing in their good name, sorrowing for and covering for their infirmities, freely acknowledging of their gifts and graces, defending their innocency, a reading, I'm sorry, already receiving of a good report, an unwillingness to admit an evil report concerning them, discouraging talebearers, gossipers, uh, flatterers, and slanderers love and care for our own good name, okay, and defending it when need requires, keeping of lawful promises, studying and practicing of whatsoever things are true, honest, lovely, and of a good report, which reminds us of Philippians 4.8, right? Okay, question 145, what are the sins forbidden in the ninth commandment? The sins forbidden in the ninth commandment are all prejudicing of the truth, the good name of our neighbor as well as our own, especially in public judicature, giving false evidence, suburning, uh, suburning false witnesses, wittingly appearing and pleading for an evil cause, outfacing and overbearing the truth, passing unjust sentence, calling evil good and good evil, rewarding the wicked according to the work of the righteous and the righteous according to the work of the wicked.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Forgery, concealing the truth, undue silence in a just cause. Help us, Lord, and holding our peace when iniquity calls for either a reproof from ourselves or complaint to others. I can preach off of that right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Speaking the truth unseasonably. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do this all the time. Or maliciously (laughs) to a wrong end. I told you I'm going to tell you my business, okay? So if this word ain't hitting you, it's hitting me. Um, uh, Let's see. Concealing the truth, undue silence in the just cause, holding our peace when iniquity calls for uh, reproof of ourselves and others, speaking the truth unseasonably or maliciously to a wrong end, or perverting it to a wrong meaning or in doubtful and equivocal expressions to the prejudice of truth or justice, speaking untruth, lying, slandering, backbiting, detracting, tear-bearing, whispering, scoffing, reviling, rash, harsh, and partial censuring, misconstructing, intentions, words, and actions, flattering, vainglorious, boasting, thinking or speaking too hotly or too meanly of ourselves or others. Now that's good. Denying the gifts and graces of God, Aggravating smaller faults. Ooh, 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 instigating. Ooh, Lord. Okay. Hiding, excusing, or extenuating of sins. Putting dubs on everything. That's my translation (laughs) there. (laughs) Okay. Putting dubs on it. Oh, God. Okay, help me. Um, Okay, so um, when called to a free confession, unnecessarily uh, discovering of infirmities. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Raising false rumors, receiving and countenancing evil reports. And stopping our ears against just defense, evil suspicion, envy, or grieving at the deserved credit of any Oof. endeavoring or desiring to impair it, rejoicing in their disgrace and infamy, scornful contempt, fond admiration, breach of lawful promises, neglecting such <coughs> things as are of good report, and practicing or not avoiding ourselves or not hindering. What can what we can in others such things as procure. Procure an ill name. Ooh. Okay. So, am I the only one guilty? No. no. Uh, this, I mean, I'm like, dang, isn't that not? Like, I broke this today. <laughs> <laughs> so this so morning I woke up. Um. Wow. Okay. So, did y'all know though that slander killed Jesus? Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Did you know that? And while and now we're on the subject of Jesus, our precious Lord <coughs> he was gossiped about and slandered by those he created. And they knew him not. They rejected him and despised him. So let's look at a few examples, okay, in the scriptures where we see this playing out. Uh, The first is Matthew 12, verses 22 to 24. I will read. Then a demon-oppressed man was blind and mute, was brought to him, and he healed him. Meaning, Jesus healed him. So that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, it is only... By Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons, which is a lie and slanderous. Luke 7, verse 34. The son of man has come eating and drinking, you say. This is Jesus. Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. We know Jesus was not a glutton and he was not a drunkard, right? So that's slanderous. Talking about the Pharisees, right? John 8. Verses 48 through 49, the Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Mark 14, verses 55 to 59. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none for many bore false witness against him, violation of the ninth commandment, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him saying, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands and in three days, I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this, their testimony did not agree. So slander killed Jesus. Now it wasn't the only sin that killed Jesus. Um, and you see it here that Jesus said in um, John 10:18, no one takes it from me, it being his life, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. So we live in that tension of the fact that we have to own our guilt in Christ's crucifixion, right, that we were there. You know, yelling, crucify him, because if we don't share in the guilt, then we can't share in the grace, okay, that's given to us in the gospel. Um so but slander I'm focusing on slander because that's what we talk about. Um uh, slander, slander did kill Jesus. Okay, so even even now we slander him in the present when we break the third commandment that says, You shall not, not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Which is Exodus 20, verse 7. And Romans 1, 30 to 31 talks about the unrighteous in this way. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. And we have indwelling sins. As 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 believers, we are simultaneously saints and sinners god in his mercy and in his grace he looked upon us and he set his love and affection upon us before the foundations of the world while we were yet his enemies while we were slanderers and gossips even currently now god set his son jesus christ to die on our behalf even though we slandered christ even though we were there when 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 he was crucified it was us and we have to own that Um, But there's grace for us. There is grace. So let's, I don't want you guys to get too bogged down because it's crazy. When you think about the ways that we actually violate um, this commandment, there's grace for us here. And so, but we have to live in light of that. And so we don't want to continue to revel and celebrate and perpetuate that sin. Okay. Here at Truth Table, our listeners are always asking us about what books we would recommend. So, C, tell me, what book would you actually recommend for our listeners right now? Yeah, e, well, you know, I love the topics of serving
1: leadership and mentoring mm. and leadership development. And Natasha Robinson has a new book called A Sojourner's Truth. Um, in this book, uh, as an African-American woman leader... Uh, Natasha does the work of paralleling her le- leadership along with Moses in the Exodus mm-hmm. narrative. Um, mm-hmm. She shows how God raises up an ordinary person, somebody just like us from a marginalized people mm-hmm. group, to equip and to challenge uh, to the people that are around them to live as citizens of a new kingdom. Uh, I can't imagine a better time for a work like that. M mm-hmm. as a leader, can you let us know how, how that topic, those themes resonate with you, the things that we're seeing inside a Soderna's truth?
2: Yeah, well, first, I think, um, wonderful title. You know, we got uh, we love the nod to Mother hello, Sojourn. Hello, <laughs> But I also hello. think that across generations, we need to see more women and men leading together. So um, mm. this is a good example of putting those stories, juxtaposing those stories. And the church needs to pay attention to stories that originate from and feature the experiences of people of color, especially women of color. There are mm-hmm. many points of reconciliation Conversations that rarely include discussion of conviction and Mm. repentance from Mm. racial and systemic injustice. And to be honest, those conversations ignore the gospel. If we want freedom from the world and its brokenness, we have to think and talk honestly about bold and courageous action. Truth telling is the first step Mm. to being free. I mean, that's what the Lord taught us. And I know that Natasha thinks about and lives out the honoring the contributions of people of color, especially women in the church. And this allows for her deep theological understanding of the true unity of the body, the unity in the body of Christ Mm. across generational lines. So she feels more drawn to the stories of her own father, Moses, and that Mm -hmm. gives space Mm. for her own character shaping moments that I hope will help us to see who God is, a bigger picture of what he has purposed and positioned his people, his daughters to do, and us as well. So, E, I feel pretty sure the truth table is about to dig into this book at some point. Do you think we can pass along a deal to
0: our listeners? Well, you know, I live for a discount now. I couldn't. Wow. I couldn't live. Leave our Come listeners. Come fashionista. They hold they us <laughs> down right. every week. So uh, we actually have a special promo code for our listeners. Use. Truth 18 in all caps at IVP's website, ivpress.com, to get 30% off of Natasha's book, A Sojourner's Truth, plus hey. free shipping, y'all. Don't hey. say we never gave y'all nothing now. <laughs> so, right. This discount is going <laughs> we to coupons. January 1st, 2019. <laughs> Claim your coupon. Buy the book. Trust Black women, listen to Black women, and pay Black women, y'all. Wow. Hey. So it's easy to say the Pharisees and that and that, but what about our lives? What are some real-world examples of how we gossip and how we slander today? Now, as one who has an internet presence and is a public theologian, I engage, in, you know, in, uh, social, political, uh, cultural, and theological concepts is what I do. I'm gossiped about and slandered all the time, all of the time and so here are two examples of the ways that I have been example I mean, I'm mean, i a percent slander, there's many more but I'm going to just do two so y'all don't fall out um, so this, was, this came from Facebook on Facebook I have been reduced to ovaries wrapped in black skin I've been told that I speak the serpent's tongue, which means I'm a child of the devil alive in the pit of hell okay, I've been called an apostate come on now Come on, come on people. Okay. (laughs) I've been the subject of theological Facebook forums and groups and the list goes on and on, okay? Now, perhaps some of us in this room would not be so bold as to slander or gossip about somebody out in the open, you know, on our Facebook (coughs) spaces or even forums or groups because we know people are looking or even on our Twitter timelines. So at this point, you might be like, eh, I'm not really convinced that this is something that I'm guilty of or I struggle with, uh, especially on social media. So let me park down all of our blocks right about now.
1: Mm-hmm. All his grace has protected me. Because if you saw what's in my group chat, I don't know what you might think of me. Everybody's got their set of friends, and the stuff that goes in the group chat, you probably wouldn't be proud if it came. Oh, you talk like that? Oh, you thought that was funny? Oh, you said, what about who? And I just thank God for his His power and his, and his keeping grace, protecting me, because I think people deserve... A close group of friends Three to five friends that you can be honest with in the group chat And say what you want Some of the emojis and the screenshots that is in there or oh, it ain't becoming of who your social media persona, persona is Personality persona is It ain't becoming of that So you keep it in the chat Oh, my wife and I that's a different chap, but my brother and my best friend that I know years wouldn't expose me. All the things I might say to them, I wouldn't say to you. You might not look at me the same. I thank God that he looks at me the same, even though he knows my chat. I thank God. I know y'all can judge me if you want, but let me let me let you know what your people chat might look like. Oh, some of y'all got some friends that you know 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Some of y'all saying some stuff in them group chats. Oh, and people might know what you thought about them in the chat. Thank God that he's finally rebuke the iCloud. Thank God for protecting us from these Russian hacks. Oh, we thank God the Russian hacks didn't come for our group chat. For his majestic power, Jesus name be. <laughs>
0: I love Kev on stage, this came out, I don't know, maybe a month ago, and I was like, why does this resonate with me so deeply? I had (laughs) problems. And so so anyways, he's funny and hilarious, but yeah, I mean, what is the deal? What about our group chats, our Twitter DMs, our groupies, whatever you're using, uh, combos with our spouses, our homies, our village, what about the screenshots? Cursed screenshots, why God? Did you- <laughs> <laughs> Are we slandering and gossiping about people in private? What would happen if those were exposed? Are we attracted to salacious information on our timelines and do we engage with it? Are we silent in the face of gossip? and slander, taking it in like choice morsels that go down to our inmost parts, as Proverbs 18, 8 says. Okay, so now it's time for me to put myself on blast here. I feel like I've been doing that, but okay. Um, so let's go, let's go, let's see. What, 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 what am I doing in this Twitter street? Okay, so tweet number one, let's do a little autopsy on my thing. I wish I had a pointer thing, I don't have one. All right. So. I'm going to go over my, some of my, I'm going over three, three tweets that I put out that I'm like, mm, maybe I could have done something better. <laughs> okay. So, y'all know, I mean, if you follow me, then you know what I do, which is, what do I do? <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I, I do, I try to speak truth, I try to call some things out that need to be called out and rectified and corrected. So I actually, personally, don't have a problem with this. I think it's actually quite true. I don't think that... Pro life people are consistently pro life, and you can be mad about that if you want to be. But that, this is actually not the problematic part. What is wrong here is I had a thread, right? And so this is when uh, 45 was again trying to pass his health care bill. Like, this is the first time he tried. And um, and it seemed like it was going to pass, and it was just, ah, a matter it was a very stressful time. So I, these, these um, two groups actually exist, I'm, I'm focusing on And Campaign here, Public Faith and And Campaign, but particularly AM Campaign. They exist so that they can actually interact within and, and begin to move things you in, know, in, in Washington on behalf of Christians. So I advocate for like a biblical worldview and being able to influence what's happening in politics. So uh, I'm connected to some of the people in And Campaign. So what I did here, where I believe I aired, or, or really messed up in, uh, it, it, it's not necessarily going to fall into, oh, actually it could fall into Baza, is because I, pu- I shouldn't have put this tweet in the same thread, really, number one, um, because it, it, drew, it drew unnecessary attention to it. You see there's like 69 likes there. Um, and I should have reached out to my friend, Sho, Sho Baraka, who is uh, one of the founding members of the End campaign. I have a relationship with him, he's a friend of mine. So I didn't have to tweet this. I could have reached out to him and be like, "What y'all doing about this?" and ask him. It's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question. But the problem is, and at that point, I hadn't really realized um, how much of a following I had, and so I have to measure that too. And and I'm not gonna um, make a legalistic rule here, but I'm just, I think it just, just everybody has a different presence online, and I, I don't think I had realized that my presence had grown a bit more, and so I have to be careful about how I question things or who I'm going to question, particularly if I have a relationship with that person. So I believe that I was wrong for, for putting out this tweet when I could have simply texted him and be like, hey, what are y'all doing about this? Are you guys doing anything? Are you getting ahead of this? And then maybe they could have went and addressed it instead of having to react to me. Because it set off a chain reaction is my point. Because you bring along, I bring along all 7,000 of my followers to this. You know, and so I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to cause drama. I don't want to be in the middle of the drama. It's not fun. Right, so, so that was wrong. So I think that's an example of me just being petty and ridiculous. So that's why I'm at. I, 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 I can't sugarcoat stuff. So I think that's one example. And I, and I did get on the phone with Show, and we talked, and I apologized, and. You know, it's all good. I even asked him for, for permission to use this today. He's like, you didn't have to ask me. I was like, I just want to be sure, but I'm trying. Okay, yeah. the spirit's working on me. Uh, so, so that's an example. So here's another one. Okay, back in 2015, actually August 2015, there I don't know if you guys remember, I don't know how many people are on, on Twitter, but there was a time, two, two years ago, there was this big brouhaha about um, Sean King's race and ethnicity and all this stuff, right? And so, like, is he black? Is he not black? Is he, what's happening? <laughs> there were like fake pieces and articles and all this stuff, you know. And I got swept up into it. Just, normally, I don't get swept up into it. but I was like, this doesn't stop. This it seems like it's really plausible that he might not be black. Ridiculous. <laughs> and so, and so, I don't think I—I I couldn't find any tweets where I was actually tweeting about it, or, or not, meaning where I put out a tweet where you're not black. I didn't do that, but I think I might have been. Um, maybe corresponding with some people, I didn't. I couldn't find it for whatever. I just could not find it. And I don't really. I don't delete my tweets that are wrong because I want people to see like, yeah, I would be messing up like all the time. Um, but I did apologize to Sean King. Um, and I said I for one would like to publicly apologize to Sean King. I did believe the reports from various news outlets, but I should have waited. Okay, so there was a. You know, we all have. Very sorted family histories, and there was a whole, there was a lot, there was a lot going on for this brother. And so I apologized to him. I don't, I don't think I didn't see a reply, but I, I had to do that publicly because I commented publicly and fanned the flames and did everything the Night commandment tells me not to do. I was all up in the tea, and I, yeah, I had no business in the tea. So that's another example of where I am, Okay, um, and then tweet. What's this one? Oh, okay. Ooh, subtweets. Subtweets. Do we know? Let me let me define this right now because I don't want nobody getting out of here saying, "What's a subtweet?" Subtweets on Twitter. Subtweet is this: a post that, refer, um, that refers to a particular user without directly mentioning them, typically as a form of furtive mockery or criticism. Okay, so. If you, I mean, you follow me. I, I'm really a pretty direct person. I usually will confront, I'm pretty confrontational, but sometimes I'd be passive aggressive. Sometimes. And so, which is going to be sub a is as passive aggressive. So, what had happened was, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what had happened was, uh, you guys know, truth table, gender apartheid popped off, and everybody was like, come on us in the, in the streets. It was crazy. And so, um, so there was a lot of uh, we had a, y'all didn't see the half We had a lot of things going on behind the scenes, a lot of attacks and things. And so, um, what led to this this tweet? Wait, let me read the tweet. You'll save yourself a lot of heartache and stress. Be clear about who people are. So I'm talking about how um, stop giving out the ally title liberally because everybody ain't an ally, which is true. <laughs> um, so be clear about who people are. There's too much fake love out here in these streets. Okay, so. All of this, I mean this in my own event is fine. <laughs> but y'all can check me, that's fine. Right. You can push back on me I'm sick. Um, But this part is really what I'm gonna focus on, the fake love part. Uh, and then I was replying to one of my friends, and I she she put a, a gift up with sipping tea. And I, I told her, I was like, girl, I got too many, too much fake too many um fake people showing fake love straight into my face on so quote and drink. I never i to quote Jake in my life, but you were young, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what I said. So, at this point, what was happening was I had uh, people messaging me, saying, oh, I'm so sorry to see what's happening. You know, but they would never, they wouldn't publicly stand with us, to be quite honest. But they would just message, and these same people were connected to the um, very people that were attacking us. So we had alt-right people, and it was just crazy stuff. People that were attacking us, so I was like, so I was just feeling away about that and I tweeted it. but really I should have just went to the Lord. I didn't need to do it. I did need to subtweet. Because what happened was when I did that, I had a sister in the Lord who I was not subbing, uh, messaged message me like, Are you talking about me? And I was like, Ooh, I felt so bad. And I was like, No, if I was talking about you, I really, really came to you. And it's like if that's the case, then why sub at all? because you don't want people to be thinking that they're talking about you and you're not you know this is something i just should have just taken to the lord in prayer but in in reality i also didn't feel safe to go to those people that were messaging me because i'm like you're connected to dangerous people so it was a it was a conundrum for me if i'm I'm just being very honest with y'all um but but yeah faith subtweeting is simple don't do it. And so I, I, had, I mean, I really, I felt bad when she reached out to me. I mean, I, I, I talked to her, and she was I assured her I wasn't talking about her. Um, but still, then how many other people thought I was talking? about Just talk to the person. Talk, if you have a relationship with the person, talk to them, reach out to them. So that is another example of where I've erred. I mean, to go on and on, but those are three prime examples, most recent examples. So this is the question. Which was a word for me. This is what Jesus did. The, the Spirit just be giving me stuff. <laughs> I stuff, I put it out. <laughs> uh, Jesus reads your tweets, emails, blog posts, and group chats, and we will give account for every careless word we have spoken. Matthew twelve thirty six. It's true. It's just true. So, what are the solutions? What? What do we need to do? What can we do? This is a time I really want us to be thinking about what we can do. I think the most practical thing I, that i said is that if you have a relationship with the person, I don't know, if it's Facebook, if it's Twitter, or whatever it is, call them up, reach out to them. If you're friends, message them. Talk to them before you go on a rant, or before you go, before you're tempted to subtweet, before you're tempted to lash out whatever, um, or to get clarification. Is it true that this happened, or can you, you know clarify some things for me reach out to that person they will appreciate that and I have a little praise report this week I'm like, the Lord's working on me <laughs> uh, there was something that popped off and you know I ain't gonna mention what it was um, and I was like huh you really believe it? and so I have a relationship with the person <laughs> and so I said, like, you know what I'm gonna text this sister and see if I can bend her ear and I dig it and you know what she thanked me for that she thanked me. She thanked me. She was like, "Thank you so much. It is too hard to have a conversation about this subject right. in 140 characters or however many characters. I think it's 140 now still." Um, and you know, on Twitter. So thank you so much for reaching out to me. So I reached out to her, and we had a nice extended, extended um, text conversation going back and forth. We didn't end up, we didn't end up agreeing, but we still love her in the Lord. You know, there's no beef or no nothing. Whereas if I had the conversation with her online, with my followers and hers. Would have been a mess. People might have been writing blogs. Like it gets really crazy. So, uh, so that that's something I now have committed to do. If there's something, you know, that I'm like, and mm, it, it, it's fine to ask a question, but because of my followers, I have to be careful about what I'm, about how it's being perceived too. So I have to think about, I have to reengage engage and, and just recalibrate now because of because of that. So. That's something that I'm practically committed to doing, is let me reach out to this person first. And then there are times where it's like, no, a a conversation being public is not a bad thing, it's a good thing, if it's entered into graciously, um, and, and just saturated in love. So that's the alternative. If I do need to confront or ask questions and I need to make sure I'm doing it and it's full of grace and love, um, with truth, but, but really sandwiched between grace and law. So that's one practical way on how, you know, we can begin to really slay the sin of gossip and slander, particularly on social media um, or even in your own private lives. It doesn't have to be social media because I mentioned DMs and texts. I mean, I'm not saying let's all flee social media. I think, you. I mean, I think it. our times just... they require it in my own opinion. But I think we just have to be wise about it um, and be prayerful.